Hey everyone, and welcome to week two of the Project Esports podcast. On this week's podcast, we'll be talking about dominance in esports and how it affects the future of esports and how we view them. Once again, my name is Andrew Nimsgern, your host and founder of Project Esports, I guess you can call it. I'm really just a college student that had a passion for esports, wanted to talk about it, and thought podcasts are kind of cool. So I went out on Reddit, recruited a couple guys, now have two awesome co-hosts with me. First off, I have James. I'll let you do your little introduction there, you little Canadian. <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, yeah, I'm James Graham. I'm a mental health security officer. I'm a huge esports fanatic. I actually got involved in the scene recently. I'm a League of Legends team manager for Honor Esports. We're currently in the assembling phase at the moment. Um, and yeah, I've just been... My eyes have been glued on uh, Worlds as, as of right now. Um, I'll pass it over to Dylan. Hey everyone, I'm Dylan Beal. I'm your uh, collegiate esports guy, I guess. Um, I'm a former president of an esports club um, when I went to university, and now I work in the collegiate esports sphere, kind of doing event support for them. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, and I will have to talk to you about that one day, uh, Dylan. I guess even I personally don't know too much about what you're doing, so I'd definitely love to kind of sit down and kind of talk about your experiences kind of in the esports field so far. And even you yeah, too, sure. James, now that you're kind of getting involved in the league team. And just one question, is that fanatic uh, joke kind of a pun? Or is that just kind of a <laughs> I didn't even I didn't, I didn't even think of that. I, yeah, I, yeah let's, go, let's call it a pun. Let's call it a pun. <laughs> I just kind of had to bring it up there. I mean, kind of watching fanatic lose. I mean, a little bit of hard feelings for the West. But I guess that kind of goes really well into our topic for today. Um, as a lot of you hopefully have been watching, is recently is the – uh, League of Legends World Tournament. Um, it's the knockout stage right now, and not too many people surprises. Unfortunately, there are two Chinese teams and two Korean teams in there, including SKT, more than likely the favorites to win the entire tournament, um, Samsung Galaxy, another amazing team, and then the two t- Chinese teams, WE and RNG. Um, but yeah, kind of going on to the topic for today is these aren't surprising to anyone and that more likely going into this tournament, these were the four people that were supposed to be in the finals. Is this kind of mentality and this dominance in League of Legends, Smash Brothers, whatever you kind of want to look at, is that good for the future of esports or is that ultimately going to kind of ruin it because people will get bored and kind of not like and watching the same teams win over and over again? Um, I think I think with the league scene, it's kind of it's it's a tad dangerous. Um, just where SKT has kind of had like a, quite a, a firm stranglehold on the on the on the Summoners Cup um, the last couple of years. I mean, they were only dethroned once by Samsung White, which was you know at the time considered a super team. Um, but you know, even friends within my my social group that are playing league. Um, you know they're getting they're getting sick of seeing SKT win. You know we're gonna have another batch of SKT skins come out. Um, and you know there's just no variety. Like I mean, the East has such a a huge dominance over over the league scene. Um, in comparison to the West. I mean, mind you, we had a good showing this year. Um, NA uh, like Cloud Nine took two games off of WE. Misfits took two games off of SKT, which is a ridiculous series. Um, and even Fnatic, um, even struggling through the group stages, or, or yeah, the group stages, we were able to take a game off RNG. Um, that being said, though, like I mean, again, it's the same. We have two Korean teams, two Chinese teams, um, and yeah, we're, I, I'm. I, it seems like we're going to see the same results. Before you kind of hop in there, Dylan, 
First off, don't hate on those SKT uh, skins. I mean, they could reskin Thrash with the red and white uh, skin. I, I will, I, yeah, I will, I will admit it. they are some pretty nice skins for sure. I mean, they do a good job with it. But yeah, sorry to kind of cut you off there, Dylan. I mean, what are your kind of thoughts on all this? Oh no, it's all good. So I, I think it, it it's not inherently a bad thing. Um, I think that's a good way to go into this, uh, kind of looking at it. Um, it could be a good thing. Um, so coming from a StarCraft background and a fighting game background, it totally works in those games. Um, so for StarCraft Brood War, um, you had kind of these these super dominant players. Like there was like Flash and Bisu and Jadong who would just always win their games um, and always be one of the, the champions of the tournament. And it was totally fine there. Um, I never, you know, had the thought of, oh, you know, I really hate watching Jadong win tournaments. Um, I was always super hyped to see Jadong because he was the best. He was godlike at the game, and it was really cool to see him win all the time. Um, but those formats, um, a lot of times, are shorter formats, um, so they're more three-day tournaments rather than these super big, long, drawn-out leagues. Um, that I think are where we're seeing the problems. Um, so, and, and same thing as with fighting games here, you know, they're shorter, they're three days, and the people who win, um, it, this is a little bit different for like Street Fighter V, but at least in Street Fighter IV and going back to Street Fighter II, you had the same people winning a lot, and it was totally fine there. Yeah, and um, I definitely agree that this kind of a uh, dominance in esports can kind of have a good and a bad approach i mean for those of you that don't know i am from wisconsin so whenever i use examples i'm going to use a milwaukee box or anything kind of like that and recently they actually just partnered with FlyQuest to get a spot into the nalcs so for example if FlyQuest went on to win the nalcs for the next five seasons i definitely think you'd be able to see a huge spike in um esports watchers in wisconsin because obviously you always want to follow the teams that are doing well. So, I mean, you show this with the Golden State Warriors, uh, Cleveland Cavaliers, anyone kind of like that that are just dominating currently. You're going to see the people jump on the bandwagon and support the team that's doing great because it's love to see someone that you're supporting win. But at the same point, it can get saturated almost and maybe to the point where SKT is getting to right now. My local college won their national championship for D3 five out of six times or something like that something stupid crazy but now people don't even go watch them because they were so good that they just blow teams out and no one would enjoy watching them and they're like why even go to the game or why watch the game if you know you're just going to kind of blow them out so there's definitely kind of pros and cons when looking at dominance in this i mean there's no right or wrong answer especially depending on how different esports are but it's definitely kind of an interesting idea I think there has to be a balance. So if you have a team that's super good, you need to also have other things that supplement that team other than just skill. Um, so I think if there's like a team out there who's super skilled and has some really, really amazing personalities on the team, I think that will make it a little bit better. Um, not saying that's like a, a cure-all, but like if you had like a, if you had like four teams who were just godlike and won all the time, but those four teams had like killer personalities on all their teams. I think people would mind it a lot less. It's a it's a good point. Yeah, like I mean, it, you 
I find the censorship, especially in the league scene, is 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 crazy in comparison to like the Street Fighter scene. Street Fighter, like, I mean, where it's like the scene is still kind of like small and nichey. Like those guys can get away with being much more, you know, uh, over the top and stuff like that. That they, that you know, you can really see their kind of personality and stuff like that. Guys like Faker and like Bang and Wolf and Crown, like, I mean, their interviews, yeah, like these guys have like a, a personality, but it's very, it's very like censored. They so. You don't feel as connected to them as a person. Like, I mean, Christ, Faker seems like almost like a robot. Like, I mean, the dude, the dude is just too skilled, and you almost can't connect with him on any level because even his personality is just—it seems, you know, yeah, I'm the best. Yeah, I don't like losing, but that's like that's really about it, right? Yeah. Um. So just kind of, I remember just kind of bringing up uh, some of Dylan was talking about earlier, even what you kind of said there. Um. So when he he was talking about the Dota and fighting scene versus the team like SKT. Do you think that an individual person with a great personality, for example, could be supported for much longer than a team that's kind of hidden behind a logo? Or do you think that doesn't make a difference when fans supporting a team or a personality in the long run? No, I think I think a personality can have a big a big draw to you know, the attention and stuff like that. Um even back when like for just just kind of going back to league, um, Double Lift was always considered one of the players with a big a bigger personality, a bigger ego in the in the NA league scene. And when he was with CLG, he was a big problem, a big reason that people brought like brought views to their team is because he had no problem telling calling other people trash. Like he he had a personality and he brought in CLG fans. Hell, he brought me in. Like Double Lift when he was a part of CLG made me a fan of CLG and I went from there. Right. Um, cyanide on Fnatic. Cyanide was always this kind of like broy, you know, you know, European dude, and he brought me into Fnatic. You know what I mean? These personalities do draw in players, and if they weren't so shrouded and so con- like, I don't want to say controlled because I don't think it's the the proper expression, but censored, that they can't really be themselves. That you know, I think if you know, like I said, like if Faker was allowed to, you know, be more, be more toxic or, you know, be more, you know, drop more BM. Like, I think, I think everybody's like, yeah, I love seeing SKT win because they're a bunch of dicks. You know what I mean? Like, it'd be great. Yeah. More toxicity is exactly what you want in League of Legends, right? Oh, oh yeah, exactly, man. You need more toxicity. Come on now. But uh, yeah, Dylan, <laughs> so you've definitely kind of seen more of the fighting and StarCraft side than we have, where it is just kind of personalities. I mean, some of them may have a team but it's not as prominent as League of Legends or Dota. What do you kind of feel about this topic? Yeah, so I guess with those games um, like like StarCraft, you you do have instances of where, like, um, I mean, they, they are teams, and you do have teams with StarCraft, but it also doesn't feel like a team all the time. So a lot of times, you know, you, you have a team, but they're more kind of like a, like a structure that supports you rather than, you know, your, your main driver, like in, in League. So you get more of the face whenever you're whenever you're seeing people play and interact with you know the game environment. Um, so I think it's a lot easier in those solo games to kind of get the person personality out there rather than a uh, elite game like like League or um, or Dota even. Um, it's it's a lot harder. And I think if you if you see what personalities are the best. Um, and the most apparent, I, I think you would probably see the streamers kind of jump up there because those are the people who are putting themselves out in a solo aspect. Um, and that's how they're getting their personality out there. Definitely. No, I definitely like the idea. And yeah, you can see, I mean, 
I guarantee there's some streamers out there that have bigger followings than esports teams because people feel like they can relate to them, that they come to want to talk to this person that they feel like they know through video games. And that's something that has really helped esports kind of grow. And just the video game industry as a whole, we don't always have to just talk about esports. But those two are obviously tied hand in hand because that's more or less the definition. But um, something you, another point you kind of made earlier, Dylan, is kind of the format difference between StarCraft and League of Legends or Dota or anything like that. Is there anything that the world's tournament could change to address the issue of dominance to kind of make it feel more better or give these comeback stories that you kind of see in the 1v1 scenes? Um, I mean, it's a little bit hard to do that, to, to change a format so drastically. Um, so I was kind of playing around with the idea in my head that what if it wasn't anything like we see currently? Like, what if it was completely different? So it like, m maybe it reflected college uh, football more of where you schedule matches and, you know, there's more league teams, but you're in different divisions. Um, and everything at the end is kind of decided more on a, kind of by like a committee sort of based on performance rather than, you know, the super strict uh, formats that pit everyone up against each other and then eventually you go to the grand finals and etc. So that's kind of how the NALCS is set up right now. I'm pretty sure that, yeah, that, I mean, it's a pretty predefined schedule that I think Riot more or less kind of sets up. But yeah, then the best, the kind of top teams go through a playoff bracket from there and then the champion is kind of the crown for the best of NA and stuff kind of like that. So would your idea look at kind of just the – so let's say then the top three teams from each region go through a series of, let's say, five weeks of three games a week, and then the top ones are decided from there? Or kind of how are you envisioning it on the world level versus just the national level? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think this is this would be a huge departure from what we're seeing currently. So, like, it could kind of take on any form and – I'm not sure what would be the best because this is like super speculative on if it could even work. Because like I mean, it could possibly not even work. I think there would definitely need to be a lot more more teams for it to you know resemble anything you know that drastically different. True, and it, we're really just three young guys that love video <laughs> games. We don't really know anything. We can't talk too much about. That's, a, that's the kind of like this this the sinful part about it too is that so many some of these earlier teams get knocked out so early, like from these smaller regions. I mean, for like, for the longest time, like Vietnam was considered like one of these minor divisions that had to really fight to earn their spot to make it into like these bigger brackets. And thankfully, thanks to the success of the Gigabyte Marines last year, they earned Vietnam a spot. And I guess that's kind of where they're looking. Like they see if you know one region has a very dominant performance, they're like, oh, you guys earned a, a a buy spot that you don't have to fight through groups anymore. You already are in, you know, the plane or not? No, you you already you don't have to fight through planes. You're right into the groups. So I mean, you know, you kind of do see a bit of evolution, but I find like you lose so many of these teams just to just to the playing stage. It's almost like because the tournament doesn't want to support all these players, and um, 
and this is where you get this funnel effect is like all these smaller teams get knocked out so quick so early even if they're even if they're teams that are better in best of fives they don't never get they never get the chance to do it they never like or they they're better in best of threes depending on the region like they you don't get to see that anymore they're oh you guys went you know one in three in play uh yeah one in three in plans you're out of here sorry like the format doesn't support your guys' best of five style so I don't know. It's kind of a, it's kind of sad to see it go that way. No, that's actually really interesting. I didn't really think about that, and I loved watching Gigabyte Marines play this year, um, it, even the World Tournament. I mean, it's too bad they didn't move on or anything, but they had some really exciting games, and I those are probably some of my favorite games to watch. But you oh, actually, they're lo- yeah, they're crazy, yeah. You actually kind of brought up something that kind of can relate to the topic. It's a little bit out there. But so, kind of what we talked about a couple times is the NA is switching to franchising and all that. And teams are starting to get cut. We've already seen some pretty big cuts, including Immortals and other teams like that. Could we see the West starting to gain dominance? Because there will only be 10 League of Legends teams out there. So all these other professional players that are going to get cut are going to start going to these 10 teams. And those teams are going to start getting better and better. And eventually there's going to probably be a super team or two. Could we see something like that be the future of maybe the NA, that there might be a super team like in every other sport here? I mean, the the, the potential's there. They they kind of try to make the super team with TSM, um, like that, like with bringing in double lift as like you know this 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 tried and true AD carry, um, Sven Skaren, like a very noteworthy jungler over in Europe, and Hanser, who has seemed to be like you know inc- like an incredibly well probably one of the best top laners in the region, and, like just a, a step above a couple other guys, but uh, like it all comes down to the game plan and stuff like that, like. NA has this notorious reputation for playing a reactive play, and that, in that, uh, to me at least, will never earn them a top spot in the world stage because they play. They it, it comes. It boils down to their play style, and I know this is kind of getting off into the beaten path, but their play style kind of dictates where they're going to be in the group state, like in the world in the world rankings. SKT, RNG, WE, um, Samsung. They all they don't play a reactive style. They play a, they play a proactive style, and this is what a big thing that gives them dominance. And like I mean, for Misfits and for Fnatic, they they played the innovation game. Friggin' Misfits busted out Blitzcrank, and they dominated with it because this is something they came up with. This is something they were good at. Look what happened to TSM. TSM didn't make it out of groups because they played a reactive style. And guess what? Top teams don't screw up, so you won't see a super team unless the region's play style changes. That's and so I mean you can get top you can get top tier like um, performers, but unless the other stuff changes, that's that's when you might see a shift in the dominance. Yeah, that's actually really interesting points, and yeah that. Just because you pay a lot of money and get the supposed best players doesn't necessarily mean um, you're all suddenly gonna get better and compete at the yeah. Stage. But Dylan, I mean, <laughs> you kind of have anything to pop in there, or do you kind of want me to shift topics? Where you kind of um, feeling over there? I don't have anything big. I mean, I I disagree a little bit. Um, I think once the serious money gets into esports, kind of like it does with mainstream sports, I think there will be a couple teams that. I'm not going to say buy their wins by getting the good players, but I think we might see that a little bit more. Um, I think the difference between teams that are super well-funded and maybe not so well-funded will be more apparent um, once once that series money gets in. But, uh, I mean, I, I will agree and, and say, like, I don't think it will be 
no no super teams or anything. I mean, another thing that could always happen that we we've always just kind of assumed that the NA players would stay in the NA. I mean, eventually when money starts really coming in and there gets to be millions of dollars for a contract, we could definitely start seeing some of those big players from Korea and China come over to NA because this is kind of the first region that's taking this approach. And if it takes off and the money gets behind it, clearly the best players are going to want to go play where they make the most money. At least that makes most sense to me. So that's definitely something that could kind of change in the future as well, though. I mean, they've already kind of put the the kibosh on that. Um, the import uh, str- uh, regulations for North America only allows two import players, and then the rest of the team has to be domestic. Okay. So I mean, I mean, you can play you like I mean, you can ch- try and chuck like millions and millions of dollars at Faker, but if you already have two imports on your team, like you know, he can't come over just because of the ground rules, right? So I mean, it it is kind of weird that they've already kind of not let a bunch of these players come over already. I mean, North America historically has had the most money already, and now we're even having more money, right? Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, But yeah, I think we've had really good discussion on this kind of stuff, and despite having the mess up earlier, I think we still went through all this really well. And I kind of want to start looking at the future, and if this dominance keeps up, and I'm going to keep using SKT because that's kind of what I know best. But let's say they win worlds for the next six years and the entire league of legends community is just outraged and they want something to change what can be changed in the current format to do that i mean could they not invite skt back next year and you're no longer allowed to win back to back or what can combat a team that goes on a 10-year championship run or is that just not gonna be possible to stop i don't I'm trying. I I can't think of any. Is there any other sporting like organization that does something similar to that? That like somebody is grandfathered in as a win because they've been so dominant in the past. Like, is, does anybody else do that? Not, not as far as I know. Of course. I mean, no, no. I mean, the NBA. I mean, supposedly someone could win the NBA. I mean, yeah, the Super Bowl back to back to back years, but it just doesn't happen. And yeah, just true enough. Hasn't been like the kind of the format of esports where there usually are a couple teams or players that come out and do win for a while i mean obviously the careers aren't quite as long sometimes as nfl or nba or anything like that but they could still go seven years and that hasn't ever happened except for with the super super teams like for the the bulls back in the 90s and stuff kind of like that so it's not common practice but esports is obviously its own kind of thing that we haven't got to that kind of point yet I think it ever if it ever happens where one team won like back to back like six years in a row, um, I think there would just be a format change. Like they would just completely change the format to kind of make it so that doesn't happen anymore. I don't think they would not invite you know the best team ever and just like not allow them. That doesn't make sense to me. Um, but I could definitely see them completely changing the format around um, if that were to happen. Now I really don't think that will happen because. I think you'll have the, the the case that people will just prepare against that team like super, super, super hard. But I mean, I, I don't think that'll happen. And if it does, then Riot will just, you know, swoop in and, and give us a really big format change. And I guess I want to kind of clarify a point. I'm not saying that that one team, for example, wouldn't get invited back. 
but kind of a format change would change so that whoever won the previous year would not be allowed to compete. So, for example, TSM won this year. They would not be allowed next year. And then there'd be a new champion so that so the champion team would just more or less take a year off of the competition. I'm not saying just one individual team wouldn't get invited back, but that doesn't really change the answer to your question much. But I'm not saying that just one team, the best team to ever play League of Legends, wouldn't be invited. It'd just be kind of a format change into how the champion is kind of addressed. Yeah, it's kind of a... It's a hard thing to put a nail into because, like, I mean, you don't... It's hard to... You can't really predict these things, especially with these players. Like, their shelf life is not that high. Like, I mean, like, most pros only have, like, five years, depending on the sport. Like, I mean... Um, or not so much the sport, but the game. Um, I mean, some of the CS:GO guys last a while. Some of the some of the RTS guys last a while. But I mean, the MOBAs they seem to they seem to fall off a lot quicker. Um, the problem the problem is unfortunately, if, if again using SKT as the example, Faker became big, and if his like at the beginning when he was fresh, when he was first into the game, so he can realistically like I mean six years isn't unrealistic like it unfortunately it really isn't if he stays up and and, and keeps having a, a, a like a good ground base around him he, this we could see this rain this reign of terror from skt and yeah i think a format change would have to be implemented um it's not so much i i can't see with the shell with the with the, the player's lifespan within the game being so short i can't see them ever putting a, a a lack of invitation out to a particular organization just because you're you're almost killing a guy's career you know what i mean if if he's only got one or two years left in his career and you're like sorry guy you just won last year you can't participate this year well like you know that's robbing them of a career so like or a year of their career so i'm not too sure to be honest no that's actually um, really interesting too and of course kind of looking more at the financial side like oh you're not going to complete in worlds this year you're losing your sponsorship for this year kind of stuff too so there's kind of a lot of negative impacts that could really be put onto a team with that kind of format but yeah it will be a, hopefully not a problem in the long run but again we're kind of just getting into that the skd dominance is really at the point where we're starting to get a little kind of people are getting sick of it and you did correct yourself when he said sports, and then he changed it to games. Esports technically is considered a sport. Oh I yeah, I guess nit- so. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm nitpicking, but yeah, I mean, we don't have to. We're not really at the point anymore where you have to kind of separate the two. I mean, there's a lot of people that look at this as their daily sport. You start to see them funded by after-school programs and stuff, kind of like that. I mean, it is kind of finally taking that next step up. I, mean, I, I would, I would like to nitpick it. I would like to nitpick it a little bit. So okay. do you, who, who considers it a sport and is it important that it's considered a sport? Um, by definition. So if you were to look it up in the dictionary, it would be by definition considered a sport in that sense of the traditional word of, uh, what a sport is. Um, and that's why ESPN and websites such as that do cover it now because it is that and there was enough petition saying that it is a real sport to be covered and if it's important is kind of a question that's up for discussion i mean these are all kind of off topic but that's kind of who we are and why not but i mean that's kind of why it came up in should it be in the olympics it's considered an official sport at least in the u.s i mean some countries say it's not yet but 
by definition it is. And I mean, it's a conversation that's not going to stop in the long run. And as all big picture for legalities, it might matter in my opinion. But as long as someone enjoys watching it and enjoys playing it and they can call it whatever they want. I mean, I personally don't care if James wants to call it a game or a sport. <laughs> as long as you enjoy playing it, talking about it, I think that's really the most yeah. important part. That's what makes sports so special. But, I mean, maybe you disagree. Maybe you want to be not considered a sport because you want it to be different. I mean, do you? Mm-hmm. why not? Let's go off topic. What do you guys kind of think about that? So the reason why I ask that is because um, it's totally fine if it's considered a sport, um, but I do not think it's it's important that it's considered a sport. The only instance I think it's important is when we're talking about visas, um, then I would definitely want to make sure that it's considered a sport. But outside of visas, I think it's, it's not super important um, because we can kind of prove ourselves by terms of numbers and, you know, revenue and stuff. So it doesn't matter if people who um, are two generations back and only watch football don't consider it a sport because that's not the important thing. The important thing is, you know, we all love it and we have tons of viewers and, you know, tons of revenue. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Like, it, it, it comes down to can players get a visa for it? And that, that seems to be really what it boils down to after that. Like, like if people want to have the debate and, like, I mean... I mean the the, ESP, the ESPN president himself said that he didn't call esport a sport; he called it a competition. Like that's if you want to do that, that's totally fine. But if not calling it a or if you know calling it a sport or not calling it a sport dictates whether or not guys from, uh, for example, Canada can go play in the in the United States and they need a athlete like an athletics visa, like just so they can go play a sport down there, then then it needs to be classified as a sport to to let to permit these guys to do it. Other than that though, um outside of the you know, the the legal realm, I guess, that's re- that's really it doesn't really matter other than that. No, no, those are actually really good points and I guess that's I don't know where that was going when I kinda of brought it up and I didn't mean <laughs> to kinda of make a point out of it. I was just kind of being more obnoxious than anything to James. <laughs> but it you know, it ended up being actually a good point and I mean these are things that will come up one day and that I will love to talk to them because the problems haven't came up yet about a visa being denied or anything like that, at least coming in the U.S. I think there's a new story on that, but I don't remember exactly what it was. But these are things that will come up day one day and we'll definitely uh, cover it at that point. But, um, I mean, it is, in my defense, it's called eSports. So, I mean, sports is in the name. Uh, so take that as you kind of want, but I'm um, just kind of getting back on to the topic of dominance in esports. I guess I'm kind of honestly running out of questions and kind of knowing where to want to go. So just kind of what other thoughts kind of from our discussions or questions or anything kind of that you guys have going through your brain about this or kind of big what if scenarios that you have that I love throwing out there. So willy nilly. Um, I'll kind of jump right into this because it, it, it's kind of a phenomenon to me. Um, I'm I, I I before our before our discussion and stuff like that, I kind of looked over the other the other major games and seen like what kind of dominance there are in there and, Do- and like and stuff like that. Dota hasn't had a consistent international champion. Uh, CS:GO is all over the place. 
with like with yeah dominant teams but there's like a bunch of dominant teams it's not just one team it's you know it's fanatic it's optic it's you know it's phase there's in like liquid and stuff like that it's crazy like the 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 variety is there and it like it makes sense why these these other games have so much you know viewership like because there they there's so much variety there right it's only seems like it, it's odd blips and pieces here and there that have such a dominant force. And maybe it's just the skill. Maybe it's just those games got lucky with having such a dominant player in there. It, like I'm, I, I, I'm probably going to look further into this after our, after our conversation to figure out, you know, why you see such a, such a variety and change over the, the course of like three years in, in like, for example, CSGO is the one I'm looking at right now. But yeah, no, um, Dylan, I don't know if you can weigh in on that at all or give me some give me some uh, outside feedback. Um, I don't know. I think I think the games that just have the most dominant players, I think it's you know it's it, it's really hard to say because like Hearthstone doesn't have a dominant player because that there is that little bit of RNG to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I would expect uh, League to not have a dominant team in it inherently just because of the nature of team games and how different they are from a per, like a solo game and you know it's solo skill rather than a team skill which is pretty dynamic so the fact that skt is so good actually kind of surprises me and the fact that they're consistently so good i think is pretty surprising yeah and like that's, that's what i mean like i feel like we are dealing with like a a slight phenomenon like and if you actually look at like how the roster has been built over the last couple of years Faker's the only con- consistent one, and that's what I'm like. That's where, like, he more or less is a phenomenon. Vice the rest of the players, um. So and I and that's just it. I mean, like, maybe this is something once Faker retires, we'll see a, a shift, and then we'll see the variety like we are seeing in CS:GO and we're seeing in Dota and stuff like that. I, it's just, it's just so it's it's bizarre. It's crazy. But I mean, it also will kind of be good for in the long run too, though. I mean, you already see teams starting to kind of adapt the Korean play styles, the Korean picks. And when you hear casters, they're always talking about, oh, this is really popular in Korea, or this is a Korean pick, or this is an NA pick, or anything kind of like that. And you see a lot of people start trying to go towards the Korean play styles, the Korean management styles. And you see teams starting to get more competitive. I mean, you had Misfits take SKT to game five. I think they were expected to get blown out of the water there. So it is going to help League of Legends, and eventually I think things will start to bounce out. I don't think SKT is going to go on a 10-year win streak or something crazy like that. I think their dominance will slowly go off, and that has begun to show this year. So I think dominance for a short while has been really beneficial to League of Legends because it's changing how the game is played to be more competitive at the professional level. Yeah, and I just I just want to have like one kind of final closing point to that that the, that debate. Um, and I think we're seeing a shift in dominance, not so much because people are adapting to the Korean playstyle. It's they're saying no, we're not going to play the Korean playstyle. We're going to play our own. We're going to make you play the European meta. We're going to make you play the North American meta. That's why that's why a lot of people think that Misfits did so well is because they didn't look at SKT and they're like, okay, we're going to try and play your game. They made SKT play their game. And I think once other teams start capitalizing this and recognizing this, that's when we'll start seeing the dominance shift. That's when we'll start seeing other teams become more higher up in the ranks, making it to the corners, or even like the finals and stuff like that. Um, 
I hope I hope Misfits kind of sets an example for everybody else in the league scene being like, no, you guys don't need to do the Korean thing. You guys can do your thing, and we'll see it. We'll still 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 see a play style change. You definitely don't follow the Canadian stereotype. You definitely like to fight back a little bit, and you're not. Oh man, say, come on, dude. I'm sorry. Like you're, you're not a pushover, and I'm glad about that. No, that's actually. Yeah, I'm glad that he kind of called that point out there, and you are right, and that's something that you hear just as much too. In that, um, the best professional teams in any sport or game or whatever we want to classify it as now have their own play style, and that as long as you can stay level-headed and stick to that play style, you will have the best chance of winning. And that's definitely the point you made, and that's definitely a really good point to that kind of closing up that debate. Unless James, I mean, unless Dylan wants to pop in and burst our little bubble <laughs> no no i i have no bubble to burst on that i think that is a, a really good statement and i think that's you know I, I i like when regions do stuff like that where it's like we have our thing and i know you're the dominant you know one around here but you're gonna play our game this this is our version of league i kind of like that yeah okay so random question time um i'm league of legends and i'm throwing it out if you could have one player or one champion fall into the meta tomorrow, what would it be? Or who would it be? Uh, for, for years, as I'm like, because I, I main Sejuani and I love Sejuani so much. I, I was playing her before a rework and stuff like that. I would love to say her, but she's too meta right now and it's really irritating me. So I'm going to go to my next pick and say Zareth. I would love to see Zareth come back into the meta. Unfortunately, he's just not in a big, a strong spot right now with how the meta is shifted. But. He's he's always been my favorite, like the long range assassin slash sniper. Like it's he's, he's such a fun play style, but he only seem busted out occasionally. Oh yeah, Dylan. Um, I don't have anyone big to say. Um, I'm usually not super up to date on on league meta and what champs and good are good and stuff. Um, the champ that I always want to be the best every single year, every single day is Garen. I love Garen so much in that game. <laughs> I, I love him. Champion. Everyone plays. To spin it to win it. Exactly. I mean, My favorite. He, is, he can be fun to play. And, um, I mean, I still, I mean, at least in bronze. I mean, let's be honest. Where My bronze, silver, kind of where I'm at. You still see him plenty. And he can still carry a game here or there. But it'll, I'd love <laughs> to see him just pop out in an SKT game one day. Oh, yeah. Just spin it on everyone. Yeah. But um, I'd always love, I miss the old Fiora ever since her change she just hasn't been the same but going 80 carry fiora just pentakills with her old stupid alt is just i miss it i mean it was easier than playing master Yi. let's be honest so it was <laughs> it was a good old day but i guess i think we had a great discussion today kind of going through dominance in esports and hopefully we don't have to bring this topic back up because hopefully skt maybe gets upset if that does happen, we'll probably have a conversation about that side of it as well. But just kind of for my closing point, I really don't have much. Again, I want to thank you all for tuning in to the podcaster this week. You can check me out on Twitter at Nim41. You can find me on uh, League of Legends at Quinnit to Winnit, my main champion that I am just struggling through bronze with right now, Quinn. But I'll hand it off to James and Dylan to see if either one of you guys got any closing remarks to uh, – end out the podcast i mean just to finally touch on our, our last little point there you had andrew with like wanting to see champions that are meta um we saw a lot of upsets this year because people busted out champions that weren't meta that singed in in blitzcrank and f- friggin 
uh, what was it? Fervor Leone. Fervor Fervor Leone. Yeah. Nocturne was another one. Yeah. So I, I don't think, I don't think this, like this dominance thing is going to stay too long because people are starting to adapt themselves. Um, other than that though, guys, uh, I'm James A.R.E. Graham on Twitter. Um, on League of Legends, I am Howie H-A-O-W-I-I. I am, uh, boosted diamond five uh jungler <laughs> um and if anybody is interested uh my my esports team honor.gg is our website uh, feel free to check us out guys we're in our infancy but we're trying to make a make, make an impact onto the scene awesome dylan what do you got uh yeah so if anyone wants to follow me on twitter uh i'm on at bo4real that's the number four so the digit four um and you know just enjoy esports um, and you know, make sure you're watching games and locally, um, if you have a scene locally, um, join it. And if you don't start it. Yeah. And until then guys, again, I want to thank you all so much for tuning into week two of the project esports talking all about domination in esports. We will be back next Sunday going over who knows what we will probably be deciding the day of the podcast, just like this week, but that does not change the quality of the podcast. It is still going to be a podcast on fire. Thank you very much for tuning in. I had a great time hosting with you guys, and I will talk to you next week.